0: Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Bonita, are you ready? I am ready. Excellent. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money, Savage, Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Benita Condi is the founder of Create Radical Love, a life coaching and consulting approach for people who want to radically love their whole life experience. I'm excited to have you on. Benita, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Awesome. Thanks, George. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, a little bit about my personal life. Uh, I started as a, I started out in life as a professional ballet dancer. I knew I wanted to do that from the time I was eight years old. So I think that in and of itself, um, says a lot about a person, um, very driven, very, um, focused on a particular art form and creative expression. And that played through in my life until I was 22. I moved to New York city, um, to train and dance professionally there And then I found that it was just no longer sustainable really for my body or my psychological health. And so I quit that, um, professional path, which was a big pivotal moment in my life. And I learned a lot from that and learned about listening to my intuition. I then, um, had been cultivating a career in the fitness industry, toward the end of my dance career. And so I moved into that space for a period of time. And, um, from there found my way into managing creative people. I found I really liked to manage and, um, bring teams of people together. Um, but I also wanted it to be engaged in creative output, let's say, um, which I had experienced in my dancing life. And along the way I met my husband, um, as I, sort of embarking in the fitness industry, and we have a 10-year-old son, and so we've been together um, for 24 years (laughs) throughout all of these different phases, and then, yeah, out of the fitness industry, I found my way into advertising, and for 17 years, I worked in roles in project management, resource management, um, talent management, and recruiting, Um, of specifically creative people in the advertising industry, and that took me up until three years ago when I really found that over many years, I'd say specifically probably the last five years of my time in the industry, I was really experiencing people feeling sort of the sense of love being missing, from that world, Um, things just continue to speed up, they continue to be more and more competitive, more based in fear and lack of belief than in abundance and freedom and uh, unconditional love for all. And um, along the way in my journey, um, 10 years prior to me leaving my last full-time role, I had also gotten sober. So I've now been sober for 13 years, and at that 10-year mark, also feeling this sense of, you know, love being missing from the world really, but as I was experiencing it very directly in my professional life in creative businesses, I decided to resign from my full-time job and, you know, had a seven-year-old at that point and married and living in Brooklyn in New York City, which is pretty expensive market. And yet I felt really called, like really like physically pulled. I always make this gesture. If people could see me like of my gut area being pulled to the right, like I was like, Oh, there's just something else. And I don't know what it is. And, um, I hired coaches. I just went down this incredibly different path in terms of how one might find their next professional expression. That was really open And really expansive and really freeing and create radical love as an actual company, um, as the headline and the title for my coaching approach came through out of a meditation after being away from a full-time job for about a month at that point. And I very soon after started to build this business and um, it has been my full-time focus since then, though I do balance that with being my son's learning coach um, a few days a week, two to three days a week as well. So I focus on create radical love two to three days a week. And then I focus on my son's education two to three days a week. And that's like a wonderful flowing balance for us. And, um, yeah, that has been, those are the highlights <laughs> I love it. and, um, yeah, that's, you know, the main focus right now is create radical love, working with clients individually, working with businesses, predominantly creative businesses or folks kind of in the strategy, marketing, communications, um, creative communication space, and, um, also engaging with a couple of other co-creations, um, with some other small businesses as well.
0: I love it. So many different seasons of life, Benita, and it's yes. it's, it's amazing to, to obviously live through them, but then to go back and and to talk about them. If I had to, to pick out a name for a ballet dancer, it might be Benita, and uh, I think the last name is great too, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, back then I was Benita Johnson, so that's okay. my, my maiden name. Yep. Yeah,
0: perfect. All right, so we are... I think, well, I know that before COVID, we were all stressed out, and we were all feeling anxiety and more pressure than we ever had in regard, probably in every aspect of life, and then all of a sudden, now we are, somebody just told me yesterday that 70% of us are feeling additional stress and anxiety due to COVID, and then Mm -hmm. 70% of us are also feeling additional stress and anxiety due to everything else going on in the country from racial unrest and injustice and... And all of those things, and, and probably many more things, and so I think that probably you find yourself in a position where your work has probably never been more important. So let's just get right into it. I mean, who 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 should be working with this approach? And just tell me tell me what tell me about this approach.
1: Okay, fantastic. Yeah, it's been a very profound time for me to be available and be of service in this way um, when it has been very needed. Um, I also work with um, educational institutions, so I like to work with young people as well as people who are more established in their life experience and their professional experiences. And so I've been very available for that full spectrum of people in the various different ways that they are experiencing this time. Um, So that answers one question is it? it's a broad range of folks that I work with in terms of like where they are in their life experience journey. Um, you know, some coaches will focus more specifically on like young people or people who are more experienced or, you know, wherever that might land on that spectrum. And i found, I really enjoy a, um, range working with a range of different people and different experiences. Um, really working with me is for someone who knows in, in their heart knows in that, like that quiet little part of themselves, that there's something more, And that life doesn't have to be this hard. And there might be like a fork in the road experience, whether it be professional, that usually professional forks in the road create the most catalyst for people because it's so interrelated to income and income is related in the brain to survival. So I always make the reference that it's like job death. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do I have a job? Is it paying the bills? And if I don't, am I going to die? And the brain sort of reacts in that way really in that um, fight, flight, freeze response around things professionally. So it tends to have a fair amount of people come to me if that part of their life is feeling unclear or they're wanting to make a transition but are afraid because then the mind brings in all of the hows. And when the mind doesn't know the answers to those, it can shut down new Mm -hmm. ideas pretty quickly. Yeah, so I tend to work with people across a broad range of life experience in terms of where they are, but the commonality is this sense of I want to live a more fully loved life. And I work with people, I call myself a life coach because I wanted to make a clear statement that this was not just executive coaching or professional coaching or career coaching because that's my past had very much been in that area, but that it is looking at one's whole life experience. So how do you take care of yourself? How do you create excitement and joy in your life? Um, what are the elements that if you amp them up, even though it feels like scary or crazy to do so because it's not related to you know, the way in which you're potentially making income, could that have a, a magical positive effect and actually the other piece start to work itself out? So we look at the, t- the totality of the being rather than just a piece
0: which certainly makes sense to me it seems like you'd be doing people a disservice if you were just trying to optimize one aspect of life like and i guess i shouldn't say that just because i mean not not everybody's looking for that so i guess from my perspective what you are talking about is a better approach
1: well thank you i i i feel it is absolutely the most holistic and successful approach though to your point Right, we, we're so conditioned to compartmentalize. Like from the minute we sort of start getting into any type of school system or structure, there's really a sense of like, oh, leave your personal stuff at the door. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're coming here for, we just do this here. <laughs> and I think what we're seeing more and more in younger generations that is they are asking for their whole self to be integrated into their experiences, and so that creates really interesting new dynamics in professional environments. But in my experience, the compartmentalization can be beneficial in certain regards. But if someone really wants to feel like they're living a fully integrated, authentic life where they can be truly who they are without having to like switch personas or hats based on kind of the environment that they're in, well, then approaching it from a unconditionally loved, radically loved place across all aspects of one's life is very
0: potent yeah and I, I certainly agree it seems um, and I, I just from from my experience over the past three years of, of doing the show uh, I felt like people were three years ago a lot less willing to, to talk about money um and now people are very willing to i think talk about money and talk about nice. sex and to talk about politics yeah. and a lot of these walls and then certainly mental illness i think has really come to not the forefront but people and organizations are even a lot more open to talking about that because i think maybe we recognize that that these are things that we all struggle with and why not talk about them
1: absolutely uh, such a beautiful reflection of that from the collective and I am very much experiencing the same George over the last three years I just there's this real groundswell and um, some people refer to it as you know the collective consciousness rising But there's just more and more of this sense of how much we are all much more like than we are different and the more we share about these experiences and can identify rather than compare we get all of these reflections back of like, oh, wow, people are talking about this. Oh, wait, that's no longer something that has shame associated with it, or as much so, or, oh, look, there's some more freedom around this. And I volunteer with a group where I offer my time to speak with young people um, coming into the marketing, communications, and advertising industry. And part of the questionnaire for the more senior sort of executive people volunteering their time is, do you live with a mental illness? And that's one of the aspects that you can check so that the people, you know, assessing the different um, folks available to talk to, can see that that's something that might be part of your profile. And when I saw that, I was like, yes, like it's just normalizing another part of human experiencing that we can share and talk about openly.
0: I love it. What a powerful phrase. Identify rather than compare. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So thank you.
1: You're welcome, it's a wonderful tool to have in any meeting, in any call, in listening to any podcast, like in any exchange you have. Can I sit and identify with maybe the feelings being shared or the sentiment in this person's story and not get caught up on the details that might not directly relate to my own experiencing that if I then started to compare, I would totally shut down the exchange or what I might learn from hearing that person share
0: yeah is that just conditioning or are we more wired to compare do you think
1: Mm, god that's a great question i don't know if i've pondered that one before i should say that this is a um pointer that is shared in 12-step programs so from my sober life is where i have acquired that um ability and that practice and that approach to life and to, um, being present for others and then knowing how powerful it is and how much you learn from that approach. Hmm. Is it conditioning? There must be a part of us. I'm by no means an expert in, you know, brain science and how sure. that, that might work. But I'm sure that we are conditioned just from a bias perspective and like a keeping a safe perspective mm-hmm. to quickly write analyze and compare things and be like, Oh, well, that's different than me. And I don't understand that. So I'm just gonna kind of not acknowledge it and stay safe. So I'm sure that there's like a biological part, maybe to how our brains function and categorizing things that might make that um, maybe a first response. But then can we pause for a second and say, No, I'm actually going to listen from a different place. It's like tuning the dial on the radio. Like we might go right to like our pre program station and then, oh no, that's not actually working in this situation. So I'm going to turn the dial to something a little bit different, which is I'm just going to listen for what I do identify with.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. So this is perhaps too big of a question uh, to, mm. to, to be able to answer, but are, are, are there certain areas that, that when you're working with somebody, like key areas uh, like work professional family spiritual physical uh that you say okay what 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 do you really want in these areas
1: well when i first start working with people um the first assignment as it were though it's everything that i do is a suggestion or an inspiration and up to the client if it resonates for them but i do have an initial questionnaire that i send my clients that covers all of those aspects of life experiencing and asks some sort of open-ended probing questions so that I can get a bit of a blueprint about who they are. You will really clearly or I really clearly see themes that come through oftentimes like overlaying across multiple aspects of one's life experiencing. And then from there, I like a sort of more overarching theme emerges for each individual that we then kind of can start from and play with and experiment with from there. But, um, there, yeah, there's usually an overarching theme for each being that is woven through or interrelates to all of the different ways we experience life.
0: Got it. And so you you mentioned that oftentimes people engage with you, uh, when they're find themselves at at, at sort of a fork in the road and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's that time when we get thrown out of our, out of our, um, just, just our, our our routine and we're in that centripetal force that keeps us moving around and around and around. So it could be, I guess, any number of life events that cause us to sco- sort of get knocked off our axis a little bit. For people who are listening and say, you know what, everything's going along fine. I don't feel the need to make any major changes, but I I, 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 I would certainly like to have more love in my life. What what, what would you counsel them to, to maybe reflect on or, 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 or to think about?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I would ask them to look at where they are potentially following patterns Mm. that are not necessarily serving them. So the description you gave, really, I was envisioning, you know, sort of the like being in our routine, right? And so I would look at that as like being in patterning and we're in a pattern. And is that pattern serving us? There can be patterns that are very aligned for us for a period of time, but if we don't shake them up a bit and don't try new things and don't open ourselves up to new experiences, they can then very easily become sort of a numbing, false sense of security pattern Mm -hmm. (laughs) that then I find the universe comes in. to, to shake that up a bit. Usually there's something more to learn. There's a new edge to push. There's evolution that is, you know, kind of knocking on the door saying, okay, it's time to shift and grow. And that can be approached from a really fun accepting place rather than the fear-based place that we can go to when change appears or the need for change appears. Um, so if there's just the sense of like, I think everything's okay, but maybe not a sense of feeling, it's fully loved all aspects of life or a real expansive. Am I, am I experiencing my most expanded self or expansive self? And that doesn't mean you have to like go out and speak publicly, or I think people go to a place or you don't have to write a book or, you know, it's not about that kind of expansiveness, but that you feel fully loved and expansive in your life and your heart. And if there's some aspects that are a little like ho hum, I would look at where there's patterning, like, where am I just doing things sort of rote where I haven't looked at like, Oh, could I switch that up? Or, Oh, could I follow my intuition? And this is something that we can chat about at the end, but where am I not following my intuition and where am I just following a pattern I've put into place that I thought worked for me at one point in my life?
0: I love it. That, that makes sense. Benita. Benita. Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Mm
1: -hmm. So that's it. So perfect segue (laughs) Um, is following intuition, and what I mean by that is, it's it's a muscle that we've been very conditioned to not use. Again, kind of get into a school system or into whatever system and structures we might be in in life, and those systems and structures say, "Oh, well, somebody else did it this way, so you should do it that way too. Follow these steps." follow these approaches. This is what we think works. Well, that might not be what works for you, but there's a lot of conditioning around just kind of doing things the way systems and structures say to do them. So if we reinvigorate our following, our intuition, meaning what just feels best to me today. And there's a little nuance in here because it's not what feels best from a further numbing and like Mm. checking out perspective, but what feels best in terms of, I feel excitement today. I feel alive in a new way. Oh, I feel really interested in whatever this is and I want to continue to follow it. It can be as simple as doing this with walking. So this will be the one like pointer I'll give and people can apply it to all of the different aspects of their lives. But if you walk out from wherever you may be living, residing and you walk out the door and you're just going to take a walk, a walk without an endpoint, but just a walk to like be out in the world for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half hour, whatever do that from a place of following your intuition. Which side of the street feels best? Oh, that one's sunny and I want to be warm right now, so I'm going to go walk in the sun. So all from a sensory messaging perspective. Oh, um there's beautiful flowers over on that side of the street and I want to smell them. Oh, there's some new building or store or something I want to go see down on that street, so I'm going to turn down this way. Where it really just comes from a place of true sensory enjoyment experiencing. And you can apply that to everything, as you can imagine, to food, to physical activity, to how you're approaching conversations you're having in your professional world, um, the order in which you might do things in a day, the content you're taking in otherwise, whether it's you know entertainment-based content or something of interest, you can follow your intuitive sensory messaging. And once you start to build that up, it creates a very different experience from which to evaluate things.
0: I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a con. come on. Come on. Vanita, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and how can people engage with you?
1: Absolutely. You can find me on my website, which is simply create radical love.com. Uh, there's a contact form on there. You can reach out to me. Um, I offer free consultation calls for anybody interested in what I offer in terms of coaching and consulting. And you can find me on Instagram at Benita underscore Condi and on Facebook. I'm just Benita Condi. And, um, if you find me on my website, you'll see the same photos and, um, information there.
0: Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Benita your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to createradicallove.com. Check out all the great resources. You can get in touch with Benita there. Find her on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'll link all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Benita. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social